You're listening to the PBE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You don't want to miss any great audio content from the pro baseball experience. Now let's get on with today's show. Welcome to the PBE GM Podcast, Episode 2. Um, I am Enoch. I am the GM of the New York Voyagers. Uh, and this podcast is really to uh, get to know some of the GMs around the league and to kind of focus on different areas where GMing would affect, you know, our first episode, we had Bailey and Person Man on, and we talked a little bit about contracts. In this one, uh, I spoke with I spoke with Rapid Sponge, who is the GM of the Toronto Pathfinders, uh, and we spoke about drafting and his past drafting experience and so forth. Um, unfortunately, due to time, uh, I wasn't able to get as in-depth in into it as I really wanted to. Um, looking back at it, uh, throughout the I kind of you know rushed some some of my prep uh, over the week. So, um, so if anybody has any follow-up questions or want us to kind of dive into different things in in regards to the, to drafting, you know, please let me know. I'm happy to, uh, you know, do a future pod where we kind of dive into it more and, and get a better understanding, uh, whether it's with Rabbit or someone else. But I do want to thank Rabbit, who is a uh, new father, uh, who, who obviously is very busy in life and uh, uh, for spending the time out. Uh, he has been uh, a long-time member of the league and uh, very, very knowledgeable from a GM perspective, from a sim perspective. Uh, and um, so it's a great person to kind of pick uh, you know, pick his brains on on, on different things. Uh, but without further ado, um, please welcome Rabbit Sponge. Hello, everybody, and I am here now with Rabbit Sponge, the current GM of the Toronto Pathfinders. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Rabbit? Pretty good, and yourself? I am good. I am good. So, um, uh, what this podcast was hopefully doing is to get to meet some of the GMs around the league, uh, current or former. Uh, and people that have had experience, and um, this is kind of piggybacking off of the uh, the GM orientation portion, and, and having having people kind of uh, get to know what GMing in the PBE really is, and and uh, we're gonna focus on some topics for various pods. But tonight we're gonna talk about you, and we're gonna talk about drafting in PBE. So we're gonna start off with you, and this is kind of your history with uh the uh gming anyways uh you were the vandos gm back in season 10 all uh, to season 16 and you were in you were still on the team in the war room you know thereafter um and just to give an idea it, uh um over that time uh the the vandos uh uh were a rebuilding team at that time and they you start off your first season 31 and 69 then you won 30 you won 38 games the season after 50 games the season after that 53 and then the big jump 69 and then 69 and then 65 if i got those seasons right <laughs> um and so clearly uh it was a successful rebuild and uh uh, and and gave your gave the team uh, playoff appearance in uh, pretty much the last four seasons of it. Uh, so uh, and and with the current and in your current tenure with Maui slash Toronto, you took over in season thirty four, and that has kind of kind of the same trajectory, a little longer. It was thirty five win, thirty five wins, thirty seven, forty one, thirty eight. 55, 56, and you guys made the playoffs for the first time last season. And now you are at 42 with a bunch, well, uh, well, before this sim anyways, uh, 
uh, with a bunch of games to go. So um, obviously in the right direction. And and um, so I, I'm, I'm a little bit curious because, because season 10 and obviously season 34 are now uh, different eras in the PBE. What was there? Uh, like, how do you compare the last time versus this time? What do you think is really different or was similar and that you kind of were able to take from that first experience and translate it to the current uh, situation? I mean, I think a lot of it was, was that the fact that um, just kind of the system that we set up for how we decided to scout uh, a wise man was a big part of it as well. Um, he kind of handled a lot of the individual um, interviews with the draftees. Uh, I personally try to do several things. Uh, one is we have a sheet which we keep. I mean, everyone would and has it. Uh, mm-hmm. We track different things, whether um, it's bank balance, obviously TPE that they're earning. Um, have they done the rookie tasks? We added other specific notes and stuff like that and pretty much track almost everything. Um, for us, the final interview for candidates that we really like always um, are going to kind of sway us into what decision we're going to make as far as drafting the actual player. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of other factors as well. Um, I mean, it, I, I guess it doesn't help to show and see things. Um, it's kind of hard for a league and... Uh, to kind of say things like mm-hmm. if you pick anything but magician for a shortstop that you're not going to be effective and i mean it, it's not to say that you can't but i mean i think a lot of us know that it, it mm-hmm. the amount of wins and runs it saves you for that um it's kind of a need and a must-have at that position mm-hmm. and because of that right then certain people's archetypes might be um I guess kind of rated lower on them. So, and, and I just mean by that, like if someone is power and they're a first time create and they are wanting to play center field, I mean, obviously not a good choice. So that will kind of ding them on it. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we can't work through them. And generally it'll always be best player available and we're willing to work with players and stuff. I just, I also don't like to influence draftees to change mm-hmm. if they want to make a certain player, because I find like a lot of people are doing that too much nowadays. And it's kind mm-hmm. of like, just let people play to a degree we don't want them to fail but mm-hmm. um yeah it's like bank tpe but really it's it's those individual interviews and I, and I think it's really important that anyone who is going to gm and wants to draft is do everything you can to uh send a message to all the draftees doesn't have to all be the gm <laughs> that's a lot of work for you guys to do and that's why there's uh scouts and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and totally utilize that but you know, we've had some years where a couple of our scouts have been slacking a bit, but I've pushed them to be like, guys, like, I know you said you haven't had time yet, but just, just send the message. Um, mm-hmm. cause it's just, it's just better overall. Cause often you'll see as a GM user say, well, this team never contacted me. And I mean, mm-hmm. it just looks better on you yeah. long-term if you make that effort. And then, I mean, mm-hmm. not to say they'll come to you in free agency, but that could always be, uh, you know, an extra little feather in your cap that point yeah it's even so much about your team as much as their interest in the league as a whole and the health of the league as a whole i i do agree with that and and you know i i can't i i can't fault teams especially when they don't have picks to you know <laughs> try to scout because you know that's a lot of effort for literally no reward for that season um but um but i do get you know like the, I, I do agree that you know like like we do try to uh, we should try to reach out and have conversations and, and at least uh, help them feel, to the very least, you know, welcome to the league. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I mean, not a lot of us will remember those seasons from season 10 through 16. So, um, it, uh, I, I, it was before, half of it was before my time. And so, uh, what, um, I... I well, actually, let me let me go back to this is one thing that I, I asked uh, uh, Bailey and, and, and PM in the last last uh, podcast. And, and uh, when you took over the Vandos in season 10, what was one was there one thing that you wish you knew as you're a new GM 
that that you kind of wish that you knew then uh, well that you know now now keep in mind this has changed a little bit uh mm -hmm. there obviously will be users that are a little more hardcore than others but um i kind of wish i knew how utterly competitive it is um <laughs> yeah <laughs> back then it was if you did bad everyone let you know you were doing bad and um yeah there there was a lot of pressure to do well and if you didn't then you heard about it quickly or you made a bad trade you heard about it quickly i mean this stuff still happens a bit uh, nowadays not to turn anyone off about it there's always going to be people that are a little more hardcore than others but mm -hmm. um at least back then that would have been to be prepared that you know even though you may feel you've made a good move someone will mm -hmm. always be there to criticize it so um it's still, i think that's just nature because i think i think all of us kind of would look at trades and just like well why did they do that you know and and may you know i i think we have done a good job not to chastise people for it but at the same time i i think there is a genuine concern at times because if if you know like it it could potentially hurt their team and you know it could potentially hurt the health of the league as well which which you know and and you know and and part of it is you know i, I think we're all like wait why does that team get you know get away with <laughs> you know ripping someone off or something and but you know uh i think we've done a good job not to really hop on people too much i guess i don't know <laughs> maybe but um yeah i i i get that yeah it it, it can be competitive and i i and i totally get that um so so during that time did you in season 10 obviously the vandos the season before they only won 20 something games so obviously not a good team when 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 you took over was the, what was the plan back then uh and how did you come up with the plan to uh, i guess it's the strategy i guess we're kind of mixing into drafting now because uh one of the questions i did want to ask is how did you know like like what is the strategy going into a team that's rebuilding like how do you plan out drafting not just for that season but overall like what you want to do a few seasons down the line as well to kind of solidify the team uh vancouver was kind of close to how maui was when i took over it was slightly better in that it had a couple more pieces but it wasn't too far off because when i took over maui um i had no cap i had almost no assets i had a bunch of seconds that's about all was left for me um and I had, what was it, like three three or four actives. So I had Lumo, uh, JD, which is Kendrick mm -hmm. Mills, Casey Mize, who then went inactive shortly after, and then I had John Garfield, who also went inactive. So really out of what was left, I ended up getting um, two players out of that. And Vancouver was much of the same. I think I had uh, Max Crazy, who at the time had just stepped down as GM and, and essentially... I think it was the middle of the season as well. And it was like a scramble mode for us to replace the GM before the draft happened. Mm -hmm. um, Diesel and one or two other players. So that I think Vancouver had slightly more actives and my cap was a complete mess. Although I did have a bunch of dead cap. I remember I traded a bunch of players to try and free up cap space so that um, I could give bonuses and a couple other things like that. I remember, but um it was kind of the same where i didn't have a lot of assets there wasn't a lot of moving i could do it's not like i could trade aging veterans to try and get um draft picks i kind of just had a few prospects and that was it so then it became focus of really developing our draft strategy which kind of you know is what has been held and done the same for me since then and how the method of the madness we go to it um is just really make sure we're thorough with it and we were like we have to nail every pick like mm -hmm. there's going to be real life stuff that that happens to people mm -hmm. but we have to nail our picks i mean i'm not going to say right i'm some drafting guru i think i draft very well but you know for for us to draft i think it was lbg and johnny times two back to back that mm -hmm. one year in the first round i mean they were both brand new users you those aren't guarantees, mm -hmm. but they ended up being. And um, 
you know that we just kind of kept it going right we got gringo uh herb sessions we got uh hummus like we just kind of kept drafting well and it was because mm -hmm. we were thorough and persistent just always you know mark the people like honestly it would be like a top 16 sometimes um and we had two first rounders but we would still go through me and a wise would both take like eight people each and we would talk to them and if mm -hmm. i really liked someone then i would get him to go talk to them as well mm -hmm. um so yeah it just it just was being very thorough with thorough, everything yes. to mm -hmm. make sure that we did everything and track all the things that we feel are important right if someone's mm -hmm. not doing media and they're not participating in the league and they're like mm -hmm. you know partially in discord and stuff those are red flags for us because mm -hmm. that's what this league's founded on so yeah no totally um like uh i just want to mention anybody who's listening especially you know like the newer people uh uh uh, even now, because LBG's kind of stepped away from the limelight for a while, uh, uh, because of uh, uh, you know real life stuff. Um, but LBG uh, was a uh, GM, Imani uh, GM. Uh, after he, I think he came in season 13, 12, something like that, um, originally, and um, uh, he. Oh, I think he started streaming back in season thirteen. And and he and and he was one of the most consistent, you know, and, and great users in this league. Uh, and Johnny Times too was the former commissioner before Hummus. Uh, so so the Vandals obviously during that time span drafted. Uh, you drafted two commissioners, and uh, not to mention a, a, a bazillion of, of great users. And that's that's a testament to what what you said before uh, that that thoroughness, persistence, and and really analyzing a uh, proper analyzation and and it's really key because that's how you kind of keep things going um and I, I i think that's just uh that's just that's just work <laughs> that's just no 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 two way around it there's there's no easy path for that um now that um do you think that so so, so planning out the draft the current draft future draft do you think that strategy shifts and how do you when you're rebuilding out in the time span that you are now competing like how uh not how do you plan out the draft the draft assets and so forth uh you know not to give away too much but you know like, like general thoughts on that how how does that differ so you're saying in relation mm -hmm. like now we've moved like, out of the rebuild. yeah yeah so so now now, now like five seasons ago you you we're rebuilding, you know, and 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 obviously to get as much draft pick and to hit every draft pick, you know, not to say you're not hit every draft pick now, but but now that you're in the competitive uh, window, you know, how does that, how does the strategy shift for a GM? I think that is, it depends on the situation, right? But really. If you get good players and stuff like that, and you've drafted well and your team's built well, then your focus kind of comes off of draft management, and mm -hmm. then it's just more straight cap. Mm -hmm. um, then it's kind of you have to weigh your picks and how much do you value them. You will have an idea how strong a draft is going to be, you know, kind of the season before a little bit. You should see who's created, you know. I, I don't, most of the time we don't have our draft sheet ready right at the beginning of the year, but mm -hmm. we generally will fill in the odd number of users. And lately we haven't been getting a lot of mid season um, joins. So um, it's a pretty safe bet that, you know, you can add 10 maybe, but out of those 10, how many actually stay fully active? Um, so then you can kind of gauge, all right, do I want to burn draft picks now for cap? If it seems like a stronger draft, then you might be a little more hesitant, but that depends on what your prospects are like and that kind of stuff. So for us currently, we only, we have two prospects. Um, it's running a little bit thin for us, but I mean, we don't really have gaps on our main roster. Mm -hmm. It's becoming more about cap management, but at least for myself, mm -hmm. my rule of thumb is um, try to keep your first. Mm -hmm. Now, there will be occasions that I'd be willing to part with it, you know, in, in this case right now, because we're in a bit of a cap crunch. If there was someone who had a really 
nice looking contract, say they did, it was an upfront contract and now it's cheaper, I would probably consider trading my first for that, even in a strong draft, because that will help my team overall as far as managing cap space and keeping more people. But if we call things even and I have to, you know, replace some players here and move some money around in order to keep cap, I will almost always keep my first because your first rounders majority of the time should end up turning into an act, even if it's a semi-active, right? Someone who hits that 900 to 1200 TP and those players are still plenty useful. Um, but that's at least my advice is like, mm -hmm. don't haphazardly trade first mm -hmm. because if you can guarantee one semi to active player in every draft, mm -hmm. then you'll stop yourself from having to rebuild. And you can honestly go from a competitive window to a low end retool. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I don't think I've seen you rebuild too much. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I, I kind of follow in the same. I, I am willing to part my first, depending on the situation. Um, uh, I, I have done so a few times. I, I don't like to trade a lot of my picks if I don't have to. Um, obviously, it depends on the situation. Like uh, with someone like Mike. You know, like, like he was nowhere near regression. His contract was ridiculously good. And obviously, you know, that, that is a first plus and, and, and that fit in, you know, whatever we, we have. So, so for, for us, we kind of follow in, in that step where, um, that, that was kind of the question that I was kind of, uh, moving towards was, you know, how do we balance winning and spending the money on players we, we need versus, you know, uh, versus finding budget room we're at adding more draft picks because at one point you need draft picks um or else you know like uh I, but um so um so i i see that you know you know like like every team has their windows and so forth so i i can't say i i think in some ways i i, I wish i can say that this was the plan from the start i i think in some ways it's just shifted it in that direction because the team was ended up structuring in that way where 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 yeah i need to retool but that retool didn't need to dip that far uh didn't didn't i guess I, I guess didn't hurt the team as much as i thought it would at times but um but um i guess um so so um i i think my, my personal thought is that you guys have, with toronto i don't don't really remember Vancouver, obviously, but but um, with Toronto over the past x amount of seasons you've been there, I I thought you guys had great drafts overall, um, and 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 it's fun because you are seeing the fruit of all that right now, and um, I think for the most part, if I'm not mistaken, I'm gonna pull up your roster here. For, uh, I think for the most part, your entire well, your entire starting rotation is from the draft your entire relief core right now is from the draft and pretty much everybody on the offense except for kevin larson and karu are from the draft that is like impressive <laughs> that is extremely impressive um and and that that i i don't i don't know how how you feel about it but i i find that really fun to see all that hard work and, and them struggling through all those seasons coming to fruition now. Yeah. I mean, it's, I kind of didn't even realize it until recently when I, I did have a, a look at that, um, to see that we only had two players on our active roster that we didn't draft. Um, it, and then, I mean, to think that even the players that we did trade away, to get other assets like you know those those were people that were drafted by us it wasn't someone that we picked up and stuff we as a rebuilding team we haven't had a lot of luck with free agents um i mean i feel like people now i don't think a lot maybe, of us have had a lot of good luck with free agents honestly there really hasn't been that many <laughs> yeah uh, i mean i've we've tried with some mm -hmm. but a lot of them are always like oh i want to go to a competitive team and stuff mm -hmm. and it's just a bit funny because now that we're competitive, um, I could see maybe someone reaching out and asking, but we have. No but cap. now you have no room. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. 
So, but yeah, it's it's been great to see that all those players were handpicked and drafted by us. And uh, I mean, there's been points uh, when you're rebuilding from actually quite literally nothing that people get down and, you know, they're like, oh, well, this doesn't feel great. I have this much TP and I'm still not doing well. And unfortunately, O2, OOTP kind of has a thing at times where, you know, you need supporting cast in order for your stats to go up. Um, and that's kind of happened to us and is showing this season. Um, but I mean, it's, it's been good because, you know, it was such a struggle for such a long time. And now to see Mm -hmm. the team having some real success, like just seeing people like so happy and others, like, honestly, at times I feel like they're on the verge of tears (laughs) because they've waited so long for something (laughs) to happen. So that that's that's awesome like like you know hats off to all your, your entire team because not not only have to draft well those people have to stick with it you know that's the other part <laughs> you know like that's the toughest part you know it's just one thing to draft well at the time but the other part to encourage and motivate them during the time where there you know they, there's an end goal and you got to sell them on the plan and, and that that uh, very clearly you and kit has, has done that um, um so So I, I was trying to gather some questions for for you know to, to see if people had any questions. One of them was um, your thoughts, and I your thoughts should GM players be picked in the first, or is it fair to them to be in the second round still? And 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 we've had this debate, and I actually don't know where it went <laughs> uh, in in GM chat now, but. Uh, but uh, I, I know in the past people were like, I, 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 we believe that second was fair, but now it may not be. So do you have any thoughts on should a GM pair, player now be picked in the first round? Um, I think that's a bit of a slippery slope just in the fact that um, when you say it for a team like, you know, say for some my player was actually like a season 30 player mm-hmm. um, and I was about to hit some hard regress- regression. And so I'm like, well, do I want to fight this or do I want to start getting another prospect ready to play shortstop or whatever I needed? So I quick retire. So for me to get someone in the first or sorry, for me to get a player in the second, that's going to be a max earner on a team that's really competitive, right? That doesn't feel great. Um, But for a team that is completely rebuilding like we were, if we had to use our first for Mm -hmm. myself and Kidda, right, then Mm -hmm. you more or less in those drafts would probably have had to subtract um, two of our players off our roster. So ours would have probably been Diesler, Psyduck for my draft, I think, or Kidda's Mm -hmm. draft, and then mine would have been Krunk. Mm -hmm. So then you're removing two players off the roster. Now our team is still like, you know, that's like almost 3000 TPE off our roster. Now mm-hmm. we're still in the 18 thousands. And now we're still like fighting tooth and nail potentially just to get a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. So for a rebuilding team to have to use it first for theirs, I don't agree with that for what teams that are already competitive. Yes. But then, it's hard to force that on a team who's competitive and then not. I think it's a really slippery slope. And I I think to just leave it as a second is the better call of the two. But I mean, if you were going to start forcing a first, I think you only could do it to teams that have been in the playoffs for like the last three seasons or something or two Mm -hmm. versus a rebuilder, because that, that's, that just hurts them and takes longer. And I mean, I'm a very big proprietor of, we need to speed it up. Because mm-hmm. I took over the team in the middle of season 34. I had nothing. I mm-hmm. literally had nothing. And because we drafted so well, and I'm not saying it's all of my in kid's skill, like where there's probably some luck in play there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've managed to turn it around. Now is the sixth season of mm-hmm. our rebuild, finally turning it around. And that's mm-hmm. like, we, like you saw, like we talked earlier, I nailed our draft picks. Mm-hmm. That doesn't always happen. And mm-hmm. it's never, not, you know, not always going to happen. We see yeah. how much mm-hmm. indies kind of struggled to turn it around. Yeah, there, there are times when, uh, yeah, I mean, for every team, for every pick that we at the time would drive, we'd, oh, that's a great pick. Like, it turns out three, four seasons, like, oh, it, it actually wasn't. 
and and by no fault of anybody really it just it's just um you know stuff happens um and then at the same time like you said there, there's a certain amount of luck because for you to get someone at a certain spot that's because somebody else didn't take them <laughs> and and so you know if a roll of a dice something else may happen um so yeah i i i agree if, if there's a way we could split that up you know that would make sense and i i don't want to hurt a rebuilding team because because the problem of taking a long time to rebuild is well exactly that it takes a long time people get frustrated get bored and then and you know and, and they lose interest and and that that's happened to many many rebuilding teams before that people go ia because oh i'm not doing well or uh, you know something like that you know or we're not winning um so yeah um oh i didn't even realize this question was here where did that come from um <laughs> do you have a biggest draft regret um uh i don't know at least recently no not really um there's a couple picks i could have made that were a bit better i guess per se to get people who just have earned more tp than the the players i've got but i mean a lot of those cases it's mm. like complaining about being one or 200 tp less and everyone's like 1400 1600 right now yeah mm -hmm. um i would say more regrets when i was Hoover GM about stuff because uh, this silly season where we had that guy who kept creating to and would go out of his way to say he wanted to be in Vancouver and stuff and love to be there blah blah blah, blah <laughs> just to, you know retire immediately after the draft. All right, you got you got the first wait. Which this is the first or second Benton time? This uh, is that? Oh, I don't know. Uh, first time was, was the first when I was GM. Oh man. But, the thing with that one that like not to make it like horribly depressing but the thing with that one that kind of sucks is at the time i was at my grandmother's funeral oh goodness and uh my co-gm was the one handling the draft which is a wise and making the picks and all that stuff mm -hmm. so he was handling it and made and made that pick um he made the call himself and did it so it just kind of sucks like in hindsight that like there, there was no way for me to actually be there and take a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. But then obviously I was head GM, so then it, it's like it sticks with me though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that 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 that's hard because he some he played a role of a really good pick, and and I think everybody was sold, and and I don't think anyone anyone could have faulted you or whoever else ended up drafting. <laughs> Grabbing him to yeah that that's a rough situation. Um, let's see. Do you do you believe that there are more important positions in a draft? I I don't I don't really think there really is because it really depends on the team, right? Because the question yeah, is I'm... most important most important batter batter position in the draft. That that is the question that that was asked. But I, I don't think there really is because it's kind of each draft is position dependent. I, I don't know if there is a more important. I guess, I guess you always want to find that shortstop. I guess, but yeah, I mean, at least for myself, I think I'm gonna like yeah. with the archetype changing and stuff. Is you have to kind of pay attention to it. What what effects they're having, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the one right now is that. Um, you know, shortstop is pretty important, mm -hmm. but because m most teams are going with the defensive first mindset of that, they, I mean, I, for myself, if nothing changes and the archetypes stay the way they are, I'm definitely making a shortstop again, mm -hmm. just so that no one else has to play a magician. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling that most of the GMs are going that route because it's probably harder for you to find that magi shortstop than than it is to you know to draft anything else um i mean if 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 yeah uh, that that's kind of so i agree with that that um so so yeah i guess if there is a important position that that might be it you know you need to find someone who who wants to play that 
put in the defensive effort in at shortstop. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's yeah. it's not so much the effort, right? Um, I don't think maybe that's the the right term. I think it's more so the fact that it's like expecting them to do that when mm-hmm. most people. When you make a player in MLB the show, if you if you're playing it, you play it to hit bombs. You're yeah, not sitting yeah. there going like, "Man, yeah. nice throw." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So to come here in this league and you're hoping that you can like replicate that idea and and, and like hit some home runs and stuff. Um, but then you're playing shortstop and your team's begging you to be a defensive first player. I mean, you don't want to let the team down, so a lot of people are willing to do it. But I mean, as a GM, I don't think that's fair to ask that though. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't fault anyone for doing it. I'm not. I mm-hmm. don't want to shame anyone here. But well, like, no, I, I made my co-GM do it, so I didn't make anyone yeah, else do it. <laughs> um, but like going forward for myself, I I would never do that. Mm-hmm. Like again, I'm I'm planning to fully just you know be that responsibility yeah. and, and do that uh, myself. Um, but I wouldn't say there there's more value than others. I think there's positions which you could argue, I guess, hold less value, but I'm not saying it holds more. Um, like a power first baseman, mm-hmm. most drafts for me probably doesn't hold a lot of value. Yeah. But like we actually kind of needed one recently, so that's why we traded for Larson. Yeah, um, I, I mean, you do. I, 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 I'm not saying, it, it, you know, like, like, having that you know like larson like like a good power bat is very important um that that's for sure i i think for myself is i i like to keep that keep that position kind of free up a bit so we can rotate people in and out of it a, a little you know so that, that's why like i personally wouldn't value drafting like a power first baseman dh you know really high just just because of that but that's more of a philosophy. But then at the same time, you have max earning DH first base type, and and you know that they're just gonna, you know, be great, you know, for for your team too. So all that factors in, I guess, you know. But um, yeah, I I I think, you know, most drafts, if someone's a straight DH, then yes, probably I'm not valuing valuing them as high as a really active shortstop. Um, you know, first base, same, is an easy position to cover. Left field, another easy position to cover. Um, so pretty much anything besides those three, for me, would be equal if it's a uh, best player available, but it also would depend on, again, team team need. I always take best player available, and we'll see what we can do mm-hmm. um, after the fact, right? If people don't want to move, that's fine. We'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say like you know if you're if you're a power first baseman that I would completely devalue it if if you're earning well and you are um, making good money and you're active and stuff then your draft value could be just as high as so. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, the next question I have. Someone asks, were you? I I don't remember when we had this. So I was told that we had this. Or, or, or PBE had this or tried it a long time ago. Should the PBE move to a draft lottery system? I don't remember. I, I, I thought that PBE was on a draft lottery system at some point. I don't know if that was correct or or am I imagining things? <laughs> it was. It yes. was. Um, but no, I, I don't. I don't think it it should. Um. I don't think teams tank too often anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, some still do. I personally don't like like it, the idea of tanking, when a team will purposely try and get first overall picks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they'll just sell everyone and then run a bare-bones roster. Mm-hmm. Right now, it kind of it's a bit different than kind of when we were doing it because there was actually some pretty half-decent inactives available, whereas now it is there actually really isn't too many. But, I mean, if you have cap space, I would sure give people bonuses, but I would still sign the best inactives that you can possible for your roster. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you can still get a first overall pick, but win 30 games. You don't have Mm -hmm. to win 15 games. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I'm 
personally don't like it when teams go out and win 15 games, but I mean, to each their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think with the way the league works is most drafts, there's probably a top three or five players that if you get any of them, you're mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. So I would just, if it was myself, I would stay competitive, but no, mm-hmm. I'm still going to finish bottom yeah. three. I'm good. I feel better winning 35 games, but picking third than winning 15 and picking first. I, and, I totally agree. Yes. <laughs> and I don't think there's a need to have a draft lottery for that reason. If, if that person wants to run that poor of a team and destroy some of their active stats potentially or murder their prospects, I think that hurts them more than us having a draft lottery to attempt to, to balance it out. Yeah, because if I was like if I was a player and kind of seeing that there is no effort made to at least try to be at least stay in games and not embarrass yourself, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, okay. This is, you, you know, like, like I kind of get, you know, okay, you're going to suck anyways, but can we suck a little less, <laughs> you know, like have some pride. And so, so yeah, I, I still want, you know, for me, I still want to put in the effort to try to win more games, you know, and, and I, I can't really ever see like, Oh, I'm just going to sign like the worst players ever. And then, and then ho- and then just grab that one overall and run with it because I don't know that's kind of embarrassing. I, I don't even know what to tell the 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 draftees really. <laughs> just yeah, we'll we'll be better, you know. Like yeah, we only won twelve games this season, but you know we'll be better. <laughs> um, but, you know again, uh, to each their own. So so uh, would you rather have the top three picks in one draft class? Or the first pick three seasons in a row. Who you rather have top three picks in one draft class or first pick in the, or the number one pick in three seasons in a row? It all depends where the team I is. I think it's on, yeah. <laughs> like I can't I can't even like properly answer that, I guess. <laughs> it it is a very tough one to answer because I, I think for you and I where our teams are at right now. I don't know if it's good to have three in one draft class. I, 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 I would have, but I can see if if you're in a full rebuild, the three in one draft class is probably probably might be the better way to go. Kind of depends on what your philosophy of how you want to build the team is. I mean, if I was just starting my rebuild like with Maui again like I was then um three in one draft would probably be my pick like I'm talking the very beginning probably the first two drafts I had I would definitely like see the benefit of having three in one draft at that moment um but essentially probably after three the you know three drafts that we had if it was season 38 then my pick would be top pick for the next three so hmm. get i'd pick three in one draft if it was a strong draft if i was trying to um trying to really spark a rebuild and get some activity in the room but I mean, if the team had even like six decent prospects, then I'm immediately I, I want uh, it spread out. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I guess uh, another thing I, I kind of thought of is, um, and I and I probably should look through all your trades prior. I, I didn't have the time to. Um, I know you move. Uh, you trade it back into some uh, drafts um, and and so forth. Um, what which what is the overall thought process of for you to trade into a draft and 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 when would you want to do it versus the other way around? Um, I think it's just like who's on the board and where the team's at is at so i think a few of our trade-ins uh 
at the time in season 38 is we still lacked a bit in pitching and there was an active pitcher there still left that I wanted to grab. Uh, so that's why we traded in there. And I mean, the next one was the same idea where there was another reliever available. So I wanted to get in and get the reliever. Um, I'm trying to think of some other opportunities. The other one I think was Danny Brennan, who was still playing for us. Um, mm -hmm. He was still on the board in that season 35 draft. I mean, I think your team is much the same. That 35 draft was pretty much franchise changing for us. Mm -hmm. um, and I think has been the same for you as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, like for us, the 35 was that um, my focus on uh, retooling the team because uh at that time, uh, our older guys, uh, like, uh, well, really from the last, from, from that really last core of like Kurt Swerve and Benny Rodriguez, they were a lot older and retiring. So, so there's, there's a point where, um, need to, uh, replace them. So, so just so happened some, some of the traits prior kind of worked out where it all got dumped into 35 and then we were able to pick up another pick and and surround kind of that core uh that that core of like caleb and and parko to to uh, to kind of help what this team is now so so but yeah um so so there was yeah the, the logic really was is is that you know like to understand uh like when would the team start getting competitive again or or what or or really the peak of the comp uh, competitive window and, and when do we want it and then that's really how at least i i kind of value the draft picks you know uh, some some of it obviously with the strength of the uh strength of the class but a lot of times you won't know that until the season prior and then some of the picks and, and movement happens way beforehand so um so um I don't know if there's any more thoughts, uh, any, any maybe other advice that you, you know, like, like you may want to give to perspective, eh, perspective, well, new GMs or people who are looking to be GMs about really drafting and, and, and so forth that, 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 um, perhaps that, you know, you may have, you know, that we may not have touched upon. <laughs> um, I just think it's it's really important as far as drafts go to to really put in the effort to um, reach out to everyone that you can and make sure that you know everyone knows your name and that the team you know is out there and, and looking at everyone even if you may not be wanting to and willing to draft a bunch of people it still is beneficial for you to always have your name out there. Uh, interact the other thing too is just that um know kind of like the different values that you can have uh when it comes to drafting and stuff like that just just in that you can't fix your team in one draft i think is the is the main mm -hmm. thing i'm thinking of is that sometimes i'll see gms and stuff go seven eight picks deep in a draft and i mean if you have the ability to spread those picks out do it mm -hmm. because it's great and all fine and dandy i mean we had almost all of our picks i think in season 35 hit mm -hmm. but i mean we've had a trade we've already traded windsor uh there's a good chance we might lose brennan this off season mm -hmm. uh due to cap so just be aware that you can hit every single pick mm -hmm. and they all earn, but then you get to a point where you just can't afford the cap for them mm -hmm. and no one else can. So yeah. you might actually lose for, you know, not, Th that is, so. that is a really good advice because I, I do see a lot of, um, we get too giddy a lot of times. Oh, this person's still on the board. We must get them. But, but then there wasn't, you know, like three, four seasons down the line. Well, you can't, keep them <laughs> and, and that's, that's a, you wasted another draft asset away you know where you could shuffle that around or, or be someone that's later on that could help um and, and i i i'm still kind of learning about that like i would like like 
I, I would say, you know, 35, as much as I love that class, I did kind of, it, it kind of failed successfully because our first pick in there turned out to be Benton, and he went IA on, on us. So, um, and, and, but that kind of helped us because I didn't need to sign him, and it, it was kind of working out well. So, so, uh, it's still kind of like, oh, I, I'm still definitely still learning, like, okay, well, don't get too excited about, you know, needing to pick up everybody good, you know, like, like you, you're going to have to sacrifice some of them because you can't, there's no way that every single good person will be on your team. There's only so much spots anyways. And there has to be a future focus on, 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 well, you draft them, you got to pay them. And, and so you got to, you got to understand how much draft assets you have per season and and figure out when they need to go um based on based on the cap based on what what you can afford so um yeah i think that's that's i think we touched upon a decent amount of stuff so <laughs> um so yeah uh well i don't want to hold you much longer because it's kind of getting a little bit late but you know i do want to thank you for your time and and doing this podcast and uh yeah uh and I don't know. Any any parting thoughts? <laughs> Other than um, no, I don't. I don't think yeah. any any parting thoughts. I think we covered most of the stuff. Yeah. As far as kind of advice I can give to anyone, but cool, awesome. Well, thank thank you for your time. Uh, I'm going. So uh, and, and to all the uh, anybody who wants to be a GM and so forth. Uh, you know, uh, if you have questions, uh, if you listen to this and actually have questions that you want us to me to follow up on on a later pod uh definitely ask it because um, i'm sure there are a lot of stuff that that we didn't touch upon or maybe we could go into more details on things and and so forth uh, uh so i'm really hoping that this pod will kind of uh help people get a glimpse at at what i have found to be the most intriguing part of, of pbe yeah i do find it way more intriguing than 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 having a player so so um but uh thank you everybody for listening and uh have a great night day evening whatever it may be bye-bye Thanks for listening. If you are not yet a member of PBE and would like to learn more, visit us online at www.probaseballexperience.jcink.net.